This month, I've decided to look at Martin Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ, which still remains the most controversial Jesus film of all time. There have been protests about The Passion of the Christ, and Mel Gibson may have received a mourning in the media for it, but, as far as I'm aware, he never received death threats, nor was the cinemas that dared to show his film firebombed. However, all too often, discussion of this film focuses solely on the controversial elements of it, perhaps occasionally deviating to discuss how it fails to be an accurate representation of scripture. So in contrast, I'd like to use this podcast to concentrate on the film's artistic merits, such as they are. In some ways, comparing this film to the Gospels is missing the point. As the disclaimer at the start of the film points out, this is not based on the Gospels per se, but a fictional exploration of the eternal spiritual conflict between the spirit and the flesh. In actual fact, the film is one step further away from the Gospels than that. First and foremost, these words really apply to Kazantzakis' novel, Last Temptation. Gorsese's film is an adaptation of the novel, so there's an extra degree of separation involved. In other ways, though, it's impossible to view this film without seeing it in the light of the Gospels that have so permeated our society. Given the myriad non-canonical Gospels, it's significant that both the book and the film almost never include text from those Gospels in their fictionalisation. The Jesus of the novel may be a metaphor for Kazantzakis' eternal struggle, but he is undoubtedly given shape by Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Comparisons between the book and the film only go so far, however. The film deviates from the book quite substantially. This is not surprising given the length of the book. Even with a runtime of 2 hours and 40 minutes, there was always going to be, have to be some cuts. The majority of these are made to the book's entirely fictional prologue and its middle section based on adapting the four Gospels. The book's Last Temptation sequence lasts for only a tenth of the book, whereas it takes up around a fifth of the film's runtime. An offshoot of this shortening process is that several of the characters, who are well developed in the book, either have their parts diminished or are excluded entirely. So Matthew, Zebedee, Simon of Cyrene and several others simply merge into the background. The film also adds fresh material, such as the scene where Jesus pulls his heart out of his chest and the raising and subsequent murder of Lazarus. It also brings a slight change in emphasis, reworking the relationship between Jesus and Judas such that it resembles friendships in other films by Scorsese, such as Mean Streets and Raging Bull. As would be expected, this is just one of a number of similarities between this film and Scorsese's other films. The heightened emphasis on Jesus' repressed sexual urges aligns him with Travis Bickle, the sexually frustrated loner of Taxi Driver. The sense of fear and the protagonist getting out of their depth permeates many of Scorsese's movies and is present here as well, albeit in an altered form. From The Colour of Money through to The Departed, Scorsese has repeatedly examined complex relationships between father figures and their sons. God the Father may not appear in this film, but his presence dominates it, as does the tension that Jesus feels between following his father's path and doing his own thing. One of the other themes that permeates nearly all of Scorsese's movies is blood. Many of Scorsese's films have involved violence in which the blood has flown freely. In some cases, such as Raging Bull, where Jake LaMotta's final defeat serves as penance, the violence is used to explore the idea of redemption. The blood flows once again in Last Temptation, and while some of this is an inevitable part of the story, a 
the considerable number of the shots where blood features do not derive from either Kazantzakis or the Gospels. The numerous shots of Jewish sacrifices suggest that Scorsese is perhaps comparing the temple system with Jesus' once and for all act of redemption. Like many of his other movies, many of the characters from Last Temptation use their own New York accents. While this has frequently been criticised as anachronistic, Scorsese is quick to point out that the same is true of the Shakespearean British accents used in other Jesus films. Scorsese has talked on several occasions of his love for the Jesus film genre and of the Hollywood studio Jesus movies in particular, but says he used far more familiar accents to engage the audience and prevent them from switching off. This technique is made all the more effective by the modern dialogue. It's refreshing to hear words which have been encrusted with centuries of church tradition liberated by screenwriter Paul Schrader's fresh paraphrasing and Defoe's spontaneous delivery. This is a Jesus who is very much the spirit-led Christ of canoticism. It's also refreshing and indeed challenging to see a lack of reverence in Jesus' reception to his audience. Whilst many of the ordinary people he preaches to accept his message, some are unmoved and others resort to bristling insults. We're used to see Jesus charged with blasphemy, but are unfamiliar with him being accused of madness because the semen has backed up in his brain. Of course we've no evidence that such an insult was ever hurled against Jesus, but I can't help wondering why I feel so uncomfortable with it when it remains a possibility. Jesus' reception is handled with greater innovation elsewhere as well. When James and John decide to leave an enraged Zebedee to follow Jesus, we see the man turned against his father that Jesus talks and promises in Matthew 10. When Jesus is brought to trial, Pilate, played by David Bowie, treats him with detached cynicism. This is just another failed messiah that the governor has to dispatch. This reflects the great deal of historical research that Scorsese and Schrader have done on this subject. In fact, some of the Scorsese's research notes are included in the Criterion Collection's DVD of the film. It results, for example, in Jesus being naked and nailed to the cross in a contorted position for the first time in the history of the Jesus film. But one of the main areas in which Scorsese brings his expertise is in his use of the camera. There are numerous God shots in the film, including one of the opening scenes where the camera swoops like the eagle Jesus is describing in his head. The earlier scenes feature a constantly moving camera, giving the idea of things being spontaneous, yet also unsettled. Yet as the film moves on, we find the scenes with Pilate and those in front of the crowd utilise longer panning shots, suggesting things moving unavoidably towards a set conclusion. Another famous sequence sees Jesus being pulled into Lazarus's tomb and towards his destiny and his inevitable death. All this is just the tip of the iceberg, so it's pleasing to see that Last Temptation is finally receiving the more detailed artistic analysis it deserves. There's much to be discussed about its rhythm, lighting, pacing, costuming, and of course, Peter Gabriel's evocative soundtrack. Of course, it should be no surprise to find so much depth in a film directed by arguably the greatest American director of the last 30 years, even if at times it's uncomfortable viewing. It's just a shame that all too often, discussion of the film is dominated by the controversy which surrounded its release. Thanks for listening. I'll be discussing another Jesus film next month. <laughs>